What's going on, basketball fans? Welcome to another episode of NBA Central, your number one spot for everything NBA-related. And on today's episode, we're actually going to talk about the most improved player of the year uh, race so far. There's been a lot of uh, conversation even here on this own channel about who's the MVP so far in the season. But I want to talk about the leaps that four particular, particular players have made so far this season and how that relates to the most improved player of the year award race. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. Thank you for tuning in to the number one place for your daily basketball fix, NBA Central. Hosted by the one and only CEO Hayes. All right, basketball fans. So first up, you know, the one thing that's interesting about the most improved player of the year is just seeing players really step their game up, right? Whether that is more clutch time performances, whether that is having their team overall make a leap as far as win-wise or something like that. But, you know, just seeing players kind of go in new roles or or, or, or or just grow their dominance in the game is always a fun perspective as a basketball fan just to break down and sit there and watch. And one of the best stories so far in the NBA has been Laurie Marketing. Now, he is definitely on that most improved uh, player of the year race for sure. When you look at his averages, all career highs and points per game, rebounds per game, efficiency that's just out of this world at 21.56, having huge leaps over the course of his career has just been you know, just just watching this and watching the way that he steps up in big time moments. He's averaging right now four more points than what he has at, uh, than what he has averaged at his height. Right, the most uh, before this season, the most points that Laurie Marketing has ever averaged in his career was eighteen point seven. He's averaging twenty two in, in twenty games played so far this season. He's also averaging the most shots he's ever taken per game at fifteen point four, whereas the previous high he's had was eleven and a half. Um, and then also field goal percentage. 52.9 field goal percentage, which is a, a, a four a percentage point leap over his highest uh, ever average of 48%. Also, uh, 36% from the, uh, the three-point line, which is tying his highest of his career as well. Uh, just everything that Laurie Mark in his game is gone. The def defensive side of things as well, averaging almost a block per game, which is definitely the highest in his career. Laurie Markin has made several steps, but the thing that makes this even bigger is that it's put the Jazz as many uh projections had the Jazz as a team that was tanking, going to be in the victor when beyond the sweepstakes, all of these things. He has the Utah Jazz at a record of 12.8, and it's not just him, right? I don't want to make it seem like it's all just him, but he is definitely leading that team in points and rebounds and coming in and, and just having a big-time role for this team um, and, and to the point to where now you even hear the Utah Jazz are not interested in including Laurie Marketing in any deals and moving on from his contract, where some fans, even when the season started, thought, hey, the Jazz could potentially move Laurie Marketing and get even more first-round picks to add to the huge total overall. Laurie Marketing in his play has taken a team that many projected was going to be a lottery team, a team that was, like I said, going to maybe even try to tank, to now a team that, while isn't still at the top of the, of the Western Conference as they were at one point in time, still higher up there than, than anyone had them projected, being the fourth team right now in the Western Conference. The growth that Laurie Marketing has seen this season has been huge. It's been a revelation, and it's just been good as somebody who's also a Bulls fan historically to just see a former player from that team go on and just have this level of success. It's been huge, and Laurie Marketing definitely, definitely deserves to be in that conversation for most improved player of the year. 
but to throw in another player that's also taking the leap on a team that's doing okay, not, not as good as the Utah Jazz. The Philadelphia 76ers sit at 9-9 nine and nine right now, but definitely somebody who's in this race as well is Tyrese Maxey, who's averaging almost 23 points per game, three rebounds, four assists, has a PER of 17.44. Now, the PER thing, I like to use that because, it, you know, it's, it's an efficiency, right? And how efficient you are, I do think it plays a part in just kind of where you rank at certain things, and it may be the differentiator between like a player that averages a similar amount of points, but if you're more efficient in getting those points. Um, but uh, 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 Tyrese Maxey, Averaging the most shots again per in his in his career. He went up from 13 last season to 18.2 this season, having a 46% field goal uh shooting percentage, which is actually uh the second highest of his career. It's, it ties what he's done, what he did in his uh rookie year, but the highest field goal percentage he had was actually last season, 42% from three. But at the end of the day, when you watch Tyrese Maxey play, it's just how he's going about the game, the confidence that he has now playing, the taking the big shots, um, just you know. Being a, a helpmate as well to Joel Embiid, uh, he's and also averaging a steal per game as well when you throw that in there also. Tyrese Maxey has come up very big. He's out injured right now, so it's going to be interesting to see just how this Philadelphia 76ers team does without him being in the game. But other than that, Maxey has just, he, he's played great this season. He's going to be missing quite a bit of time, so he may lose some footing in this race, and we'll see when he does come back if it affects his play on the court. He's going to be out for three to four weeks, so that's a considerable amount of time, especially when you're talking about like a like an awards race and if you're in that consideration for it. So I do think that that may hurt him, so I kind of have him more towards the bottom rung of this. I actually would have had him um, not as low. I would have had this next player below him, but just because of the, of the interest of being hurt and things like this, I do think that Tyrese Halliburton, who's actually next on this list, could actually jump him as being in, the, in this conversation for most improved player of the year. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton averaging 20 points per game, basically he's 19.8, going to round it up to 24.4 uh, rebounds, almost 11 assists per game, leading the NBA in assists per game is Tyrese Maxey, and he has a PER player efficiency rating of 23.10, good enough for fifth overall in the NBA, which is wild, right? Um, And he's having, much like Tyrese Maxey, just the growth and development from him, averaging again, as with most of these players, the most shots per game in his career, 48% overall from the field, 38% from three-point range, also chipping in 1.7 steals. That is huge when you look at a point guard being able to do this and just how he's been able to help this Indiana Pacers team as well. The Pacers, kind of, uh, I, I don't know how what the expectations were generally around them, but they sit at 10-7, good enough for third in the, in the Central Division. Um but he's just, he's balling out of control. And when you see, much like Tyrese Maxey, you kind of got to watch the games to just see how he's moving more uh, methodical out there. And just the way that he's sitting there and playing. The, the Indiana Pacers are good enough for fifth in the overall in the Eastern Conference right now. But they are balling out, winning seven of their last ten. As of this recording, they did lose their last game. But just playing well in this, not more than well, right? I don't want to undercut it. Play, make, saying it played well makes it seem like it's less than what it is. Tyrese, Ma uh, not Tyrese Maxey, Tyrese Halliburton has had just a big impact in the overall play of the Indiana Pacers. And while one of his teammates also in Miles Turner is having the best statistical season of his career, I do think that you have to give some of that to the way that Tyrese Maxey is truly running this offense and being a point guard that can not only score, but also run the team offense. And that's something that we don't always see a lot from these point guards who have averaged these high number of, uh, of, of, uh, of points per game. And so 
the way that Tyrese Maxey has just come along, um, the way that even the, the fact that the Indiana Pacers traded for him, which a lot of people saw a lot of promise. A lot of people saw what Tyrese, uh, Tyrese Halliburton could turn into. But in his fourth season, he's putting it all together and definitely looking like a franchise cornerstone that I, I would say, in, in my opinion, that the, the Sacramento Kings that traded him could use uh, right now is that scoring punch. But he's just doing everything well. When you look at him and Ben Matherin, uh, just in how they're going to, going to play together as a backcourt unit, maybe for years and years to come, when you have Ben Matherin also averaging 19.4 points per game. Um, but I definitely think in the performances that, that Halliburton has had so far, he can definitely get in that race for sure. Now, the last player I talk about is actually my favorite, and the player that I do think should be more in these conversations. And I honestly think if it wasn't for this player's team record, he'd actually not even be in most improved uh, player of the year conversation, but MVP consideration and that's Shea Gilders Alexander and I saved him for last because this is what I put the video on this is why I wanted to talk about him averaging 31 points per game third in the NBA in that five basically five rebounds per game at 4.8 rebounds per game 6.3 assists per game but listen here I talked about the player efficiency rating uh Shea Gilders Alexander in this one 28.55 PR almost 29 PR that would be one of the highest PERs of NBA history if he finishes the season with the PER at that level. That's why I do think now, again, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder do not sit with the best record. They sit 7-11, and 11, not even above 500, and I think that's absolutely going to keep Shea out of MVP consideration if that holds true over the course of the whole season. But outside of that, not only does Shea deserve to be in most improved uh, conversation, he deserves to be in MVP consideration when, when you look at it. 51% shooting from the field, 38% shooting from three-point range, also uh, chipping in 1.4 blocks per game as a point guard, and also almost two steals per game. Again, Shea Gilders Alexander is 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 not only one of the best players in the NBA this season, right? And that's that's not questionable. He, he's he's by far one of the best players in the NBA this season by statistics. Again, does not have really the team that that's a very young team. And they're missing their number one overall. Like as things start improving for them, we'll see how that how that works out. But like Shea is 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 putting together one of the best seasons in NBA history, and I think that's going to push him. And that's why I think he should be number one in this conversation over who is the most improved player of the year because he's just he is balling out of control. And as somebody who has seen there and you, you watch him and you watch his career and how he was his first season in, in uh, with the Clippers that you saw some of that promise, right? He didn't necessarily average to have the biggest impact then. Then when he went to OKC, jumping up uh, to, to score nine points more per game than he had, then 23 the next season, 24 the next season, and now it's capping all off at 31 game, 31 points per game so far this season. He is having a a a renaissance of a of a season and it's not like he ever had a bad one but this is this may be the season that wakes people up to, to saying hey not only is what okay they have a nice young talented roster down there but they have a star in Shea Gilgis Alexander if they decide to build around there you never know some there may be some stars that decide to come and play with uh in in uh Oklahoma City to play with Shea Gilgis Alexander and I know there has been some rumors some talk Will the Thunder actually move on from him to kind of move on, get some picks, uh, continue building that team? But when you look at Shea Gilders Alexander and his play, uh, man, I don't know. Like, he is balling out of control, and I feel like he's putting together one of the best seasons that I have ever seen a player have. Like, And, and it, it sucks that it doesn't come by wins. It sucks that he you know doesn't have the, the team that many people expected um, or, or would want to see him on or want to see around him. But as now the OKC Thunder go forward, 
Hopefully they realize, hey, listen, we have him. We have Chet, who, we, who we're not going to see this season. We have Josh Giddy. We have Lou Dort. They got some talent on that roster. And as it all, as they work to, for, to bring it all together, Shea may be just the player that just makes all that just work, right? Just work. But let me know down below, what do you guys think? Who do you think is having the most improved season so far from any player? Do you think it's somebody who's not on this list that should be mentioned? There's some other honorable mention that could have made the list. Desmond Bain as well. I definitely think Desmond Bain, especially at the start of the season, was the front runner to win it. But the, the, the season Shea's having, the season Laurie's having, and Desmond Bain I think is still going to be missing for a little while longer. Much like I said with, with, uh, with Tyrese Maxey, it could push him out of that conversation, especially if these other players continue having the seasons that they have. But um, yeah, Desmond Bain definitely deserves to be in that conversation and in that list as well. I just don't know how that injury is going to affect him when he comes back. He's still going to be out for, for quite a while. So um, we'll see. It was originally listed that he would be out two to three weeks. That was October 26th. So it's still quite a while before he comes back or he could be nearing the end of that. So we'll see what happens with that. But Desmond Bain definitely deserves to be in that conversation. But because of the nature of the injury, I left him off. Devin Vassell could be in that conversation. De'Aaron Fox could be um, in there as well. Cade Cunningham, Bull Bowl, who's not having necessarily the impact of the other players. There's other players that could be mentioned on this list, but I want to hear from you guys. Who do you think deserves to be in this conversation for most improved player of the year? Leave that down below. That is it for me for today. Make sure you follow me at CEO Hayes at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, NBA Central at Gmail. I'm um, no, NBA Central Show, I'm sorry, at gmail.com. That's it for me for today. Go basketball. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break. <laughs>